Welcome back, everyone. We got episode five here. I got my boy, Zachary Attacker here, and it's your boy, Green Bean, and you are listening to Green Bean, What You Mean. We got a good one for you. We are trying to talk about the Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, their little fight between them, some NBA, MLB, and then the final talk about the collapse today and the PGA tournament, golf tournament. It was something else. But we will start with the Saban and Fisher talk. And I will let you start with your thoughts on it, and then I will give you my thoughts. So my thought on NIL would be kids would be making money on, like, their jersey sales and stuff, getting, like, a percentage. I didn't expect it to be a full-on recruiting tool like it has been. What was it? Um, number one recruit from Jackson State last year apparently got a million. He actively denied his NIL million. Head coach denied the million. Then Nick Saban comes out and says, uh, A&M bought every single player it has and that they're not doing it the right way by winning games. And then there's Saban, who's backup quarterback at the time, Signs a $1 million NIL deal to come from California to Alabama in uh, Bryce Young. Hasn't even taken a snap yet. Got a million. End up winning the Heisman, so they got a deal for getting it for a million. But So they started beefing, and all Saban's assistants are hopping in, putting their voice of reason out there. Kirby Smart apparently is on the same side as Saban about the higher uh, regulations and uh, concerns with the NIL. And I'm kind of with them, honestly. I think there's programs that are just buying commitments. But for Saban to be talking about it when he also does it as well, his teams perform on the field, yes. But he he's also has his hand in the cookie jar, handing out millions. And I don't, I don't get why he's mad about other teams doing it when he's doing himself, but I do agree that there should be regulations on it because it's getting kind of ridiculous. Archie Manning's worth $3 million as a high schooler. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the NIL is it's changing the game. What I'm so upset about with – and so let's just give everyone, if they didn't know what happened, here's what happened. Saban, Nick Saban, Alabama's head coach, um, set – that Texas A&M bought its top-ranked recruiting class this year. And this didn't go over well with Texas A&M's Jimbo Fisher, who is their head coach. Um, He then fired back in a press conference stating that some people think they are God. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anyone who's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out. He called him a narcissist, basically just ranted about Saban and showed his expression of how upset he was about the comments. So that's that's what happened if you um, don't quite know what went on. But here's what my point is, is this has been going on before NIL. We're not going to sit here and act like guys weren't getting paid to come play at programs before this. And it's dumb to think that that's, they went there on their goodwill and went in it. Exactly. You don't move from California to the Mm -mm. middle of the South and Alabama to be like, you know what? I really want to get a good education. Yeah. We're not going to sit here and act like this hasn't been going on. 
And yes, I agree. There should be some rules with it that need to be changed. But this has been going on forever. Guys have been get they've been getting paid to come play, and that's exactly what I think Jimbo is saying. Is looking to this guy's past when it when it actually wasn't legal to do it. It's it's honestly it, it pisses me off to just say the least. I think it really makes Saban look like a big old baby because his recruiting class, he didn't get the recruits he wanted. And for him to come out and, okay, but he's coming after kids that are 18 and 19 years old. Throwing a guy like that, Travis Hunter, saying that he got paid a mil, and then Travis Hunter tweeting and Deion Sanders getting into all of it, I think it makes him look like a baby, honestly that he didn't get the number one recruiting class. He didn't get some of the recruits that he wanted. For him to come out and publicly say this, it's just, it it really irritates me. And you know, I have never been a Nick Saban fan. I hate that guy. I think he's an egotistic jerk. We'll say jerk and keep it PG here. I I hate that guy. And that doesn't take away the fact that he's not, he's the greatest college coach of all time. He He is... Alabama's always performed. They're always at the top. But for him to come out and say stuff about this, and especially a guy that uh, has coached with him, been an assistant with him, and they've kind of had like a weird bromance. I like, they they get along so well. They're supposed to be rivals, and it sounds like that bromance may be over now. Yeah. Saban is kind of a different animal. Because, like, yeah, he has this amazing resume. But... By far, he's had the best team in college football every year. It's like, okay, yeah, he's he's won all these national championships, but he's also never had like a true fair fight. Mm-mm. I would say the closest one we had was Alabama Georgia this year. Be like, those were the actually where maybe Nick Saban didn't have the best team on the field, and he actually had to try to coach and win, and he didn't. Well, yeah, and looking at it. Alabama has the number two ranked recruiting class. So it's not like they have recruited badly this year. It's just Texas A&M has had, and what I've seen is it looks like the Aggies have eight five-star type players and Bama's only recruited three five-star type players. And I Bama's normally used to getting those five-star type players. And this year with the NIL, Texas A&M has shown that they have a lot of donors that are willing to pay the money for these kids to come in. And with the NIL, you're telling me an 18-year-old kid says, hey, here, we're going to give you this amount of money to come play here. They're they're not going to turn it down. And especially at a program like Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, they're building something there. Yeah, I hate hate that he publicly came out and said that um, and then attacked – this 18-year-old kid like Travis Hunter saying he getting a mill, and Travis Hunter tweeted and said, I got a mill, but my mom still stays in a three-bedroom room house with five kids, and then their people are going at him on Twitter, and I mean, it's just it's just all drama, but this is why we love college football, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing, it's like, I kind of I get Nick Saban's point, like, Texas A&M, they went eight and four, and they get eight five-stars. Texas itself, I think, got three or four, and they had a losing year, losing season this year. Yeah, or they, did, they, didn't even, they didn't even make a bowl. They had five wins. Yeah, and they're getting five stars too. So I, I get 
like that argument, but still, I mean, you're also putting your hand in the cookie jar. Exactly. That's what irritates me is he's done this exact same thing and he actually was doing it before it was even legal. Well, everyone. Exactly. That's everyone has been doing this. That's what is so irritating is we're all now saying, Oh, NIL is ruined. NIL has been a thing, but it hasn't been legal until last year. Like, Everyone has been paying top players to come play for them. And that's just how it has been. Yeah, like the SMU back in the 80s when they got the death penalty. Exactly. It's just been going on for years and years and years. And that's why it's so irritating for him to come out and publicly say that they bought their players. And it's like, okay, even if they did buy their players, now they're, they're actually allowing this. Like, this is legal to do. It's making it an even playing field. But, hey, um, October 8th, mark it on your calendars. We have Bama versus Texas A&M October 8th this fall. So that should be a fun one. And, man, oh, man, I hope, I hope Texas A&M just absolutely boat races them. Oh, that would make me feel so good. So good inside. There should be a bench-clearing brawl. Perfect. I hope so. Man, I hope so. I hope one of the five stars just come over and just jack Saban right in the face. Just absolutely plants him on the ground. That would be entertaining. It's so stupid and petty in its ideology. They're, they're kids. They're going to make the decision. Hell, some people would just go to the schools because the jerseys, man. Mm-hmm. Like Oregon, it gets its guys. It pays them. Don't get me wrong. They pay their players too. It's like... When you were a kid, you wanted to be at Oregon because of their nice jerseys, nice facilities. Like, that's also – like, you have to have good facilities as well. You can be paying these guys. But if your facilities are bad, they're not going to come. So it's – yeah, the money is nice. It's just you also have to have good facilities as well. And the SEC is going to have that. So they're still going to be the dominant division, but allowing them to – I hate to say pay the kids because technically they're getting deals like some people are signing with Canes and stuff like that, that and getting endorsements. Um, but it makes it more like willing that a five star is going to go to like Iowa or Purdue. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with the NIL. And that's we kind of talked about that, I think, in our first episode where it's like, it, it really ruins the Iowa States and the Iowas and the smaller D1 schools. It, it like makes them really never, it not never have a chance, but it's like there's not going to be a four-year player at any school anymore because one, if they're not getting enough money at one school, they'll transfer and try to find more money. The Addison two, from Pitt. Yes, the Addison from Pitt who just transferred USC for, what was it, 3.5 mil? Yeah. Like what? But that's yeah, the thing. No one's getting excited to get drafted anymore because they're no. getting the money before they even exactly. Move. So it's ruining, it's ruining it for the tinier schools. And we already were upset with the college football playoff, where it's always every the same thing every year: Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. It's always those, and now it's just it's going to get even worse because all those top players are going to go to. Bama, Georgia, Clemson, now USC is a big dog. All the ones that can pay. 
hey, some little schools might be able to pay. I think Iowa could probably buy somebody, probably one. They're not going to be able to afford like 10. Who like knows? Alabama is. Every school has donors, but some schools just have bigger donors. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, like Texas. Exactly. Texas is always going to have – I think they had uh, – I think they gave every offensive lineman or every every lineman like a sixty thousand dollars scholarship. Yeah, I think I remember it. seeing that as well. But That's crazy. but Texas has always had five star talent, and it doesn't normally pan out. Two star so, performance. Like Brees Hall said, you can you can have five star culture. So sometimes it works out for some teams, and sometimes it doesn't. So. Kids are making millions of dollars to go to other teams. And like I said, you're not going to be able to tell a 20-year-old man maybe grew up with nothing. You're telling him that he's going to make 3.5 mil to go play for your team. He's going to go do it. It's irritating. I love the pettiness between Saban and Jimbo. I, I love the comments. I love them getting after it. And I can't wait for October 8th to watch that game. But, yeah, NIL uh, – it really has, like you said, it's been what we didn't really think this was gonna. It was gonna go this far. We can uh, move on now then to the NBA playoff um, game, game four, Miami at the Celtics. Uh, the series is two one in favor of Miami. Actually, uh, Saturday night, Butler and Tyler Hero both left the game early with injuries. And Miami still ended up in one in Boston. Um, both of those injuries are said to not be super serious, but Boston really choked one with both those guys leaving early and then still getting beat. So we'll have a little prediction if you want to. It's at um, Boston, and the series is 2 1. Didn't Marcus Smart and Tatum also get hurt? The little that I looked into, I didn't get to watch the game because I was working, but I looked up the stats. And Tatum was like one from nine from three, and Smart was like one of seven. I'm not saying they didn't get injured, but I think it was more of, oh, I'm sucking tonight, so let's go sit down on the bench because I have a little injury. Just from the shooting woes, it seemed that Boston just played terrible, and Miami grinded it out like they normally do. Tatum had a bad game last game. I'm going to assume with the dog he has in him, he's going to try to turn it around. But that might be too much for him. Like, you know, he might try too hard to impress his little son, Deuce. Uh, I I could see Miami winning this one. Yeah, I hope not. I'm going to go with Boston because I had um, in our previous one, we said our NBA Finals winners, and I have them win it at all. But it has not looked good. Um, they haven't played great. Other than game two, they played good. They did not play good last game. And to get beat with arguably both of Miami's best players not playing most of the game, that's not a good That's not a good sign. And it was in Boston. But I'm going to go with Boston to win it and tie it up. Um, I really hope they come out and play like they did um, in game two. Miami's good, and they defend. And Jimmy Butler is just... When he's healthy, he's one of the best players on the floor, if not the best player on the floor. He can do every really anything. If this is this is the year for the Celtics, and if they don't if they don't win this game, they're they're in a real bad spot for sure. Yeah, three one, it's over. Three one, and then they have to go back on the road back to Miami. 
yeah, three one it's over. It, it's a must win for Boston. If if they get to three one it's over, you're not going to beat Miami. You're not. You're just not going to beat them three times. Three times in a row. Exactly. Especially three times in a row at their house. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's over if they don't win tomorrow night. So it's a must win for Boston for sure. They stole one in Miami. Miami stole one in Boston. So it's time for Boston to get a W at home and go back to Miami and tie the series up. So that's it for the NBA. We'll move on to MLB. We have three games. We'll start with Phillies um, versus Braves. And this is game one of the series. So this is the first game. Your Braves have been kind of playing down to their, like, down under their skill level. Yeah. Last few weeks. I also got to shout out the Red Sox. Um, ever since we kind of talked about how bad they've been playing, they are kind of they've kind of gotten hot a little bit. So, still ten games back, but yeah, they're they're I think they're eight and two over the last ten. Mm-hmm. They're kind of ever since we kind of crapped on them, they uh, they've been playing pretty well. Oh, and shout out to your boy uh, that you called Adley Rutschman uh, getting to play his first game the other night. So uh, yeah. Good I knew I knew he was gonna get called up. And he got like a he triple. Was, yeah. He was the best when he was coming out, he was the best prospect by far and widely the best college baseball player. And it just took him so long to get used to the major leagues and playing pro ball. I'm glad that he finally got called up. He he went one for four. Yeah, I didn't Did see I, I just saw the triple on Twitter. I know. Well, he at least got one hit, but yeah, for the Orioles who are already well in last place, yeah, it's great to get him to the experience. Hopefully, he has like a Joe Mauerish career, just sticks it out with the Orioles, becomes a you know silver slugger at catcher from both sides because he has that potential. Mm -hmm. Switch hitting catcher, he's he's a lead guy. I just hope he gets it figured out. Not like Jared Kelnick who uh, got waived. I'm pretty sure. Or he got demoted again. Well, then we'll go back to uh, Phillies Braves. Who you got for this one? Game one of the series. Tucker Davidson's pitching for the Braves and Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. Wheeler is by far the best pitcher out of that. Uh, between those two in the matchup, Wheeler is definitely the better pitcher out of the two. And I like Bryce Harper. Always been a Harper fan. I'm going to have to go to Phillies. Braves are still playing down. I'm going to go with the Phillies, even though the Phillies refuse to hit. I'm going to say they turn it around this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, like you said, the Braves have not been playing very well, but I got to roll with them. I think they got, they'll turn it around here, and I'll roll with the Braves to win this one. Let's go back to my Jared Kelnick. Uh, he got demoted again, and this season he's batting 140 with uh, three home runs and a war of negative 0.1. So he's actually costing his team to play. Just want to put that out there. Yeah, that's not great. That's not a great for a career, he has a negative two war. So, yeah, tough start to the career for Kelnick. Then we'll move on to Blue Jays Cardinals for the next game. Before the season started, on this one on paper, Blue Jays by far, they have way more talented hitters and, and again, they're just another team's kind of refusing to hit right now. Vladdy's not playing all that well. Bichette's playing horrible defense. I think he's he has the most errors or in the top five in most errors. I think he has seven errors already. And uh, 
It's just they're not playing really good baseball right now, and they're relying on Jordan Romano, who is a fastball and slider. He's a two-pitch guy. And then the Cardinals. Uh, shout out Brad Wooster, huge Cardinals fan. Mm-hmm. If Albert Pujols pitches, I bet you they win. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm yeah. going to have to go with my AL East bias and go with the Blue Jays, even though they're not playing very well right now. Well, good. I'm glad you went with the Blue Jays because uh, I got to get some games back. So if I uh, differ for both games, I'm going to go with the Cardinals um, since you went the Blue Jays. And that's also this is also game one of the series. So hopefully uh, I can get two back with the Braves and the Cardinals there. Our last one is Mets uh, versus Giants. Looks like David Peterson is pitching for the Mets. Alex Cobb is pitching for the Giants. A large part of me wants to say the Mets are going to win. You know, they're six and four of the last 10, so they're not playing all that bad of all. They're first in their division. Then you come down here and look at the Giants. Five games back in their division, they're four and six over the last 10. Right now, ESPN has uh, Giants has a 57.7% chance of winning this one. So, really interesting because they're, they're uh, not actually playing that well at home right now. They're actually a better road team. No, but I'm seeing here that uh, Alex Cobb is uh, three and one as a starter. So I think uh, um, with a five point six one ERA, that is not very good. I'm going with the Mets. They're fifteen and seven in road games. They're six and four in their last ten. So they're not playing all that bad a ball. But they are the Mets. So they might throw one, throw me for a loop here. But I'm going with the Mets. I think I'm going to differ with all your games then. I, I think I'll just go down the line, and I was going to go with the Mets, but I'll trust ESPN here, um, and I will pick the Giants. Lastly, uh, like I said in the introduction, I was talking to you a little bit uh, before we started, but um, in the PGA, first let's talk a little bit um, about Tiger. Tiger played great the first day for a first couple holes, then just, Went downhill, didn't play great the second day, and then the third day ended up and shot his worst round um, in a major uh, 79, and he actually withdrew from Sunday's final round. It was awful to watch. I'm a big Tiger fan, love watching him, as is a lot of people. Some people don't even love golf, and they just want to watch Tiger Woods. But just to watch him struggle, and it's sad for me because he's only going to play in major championships. He's not going to play in the little tournaments anymore because he just doesn't need to, and his leg just isn't able to continue to play a full season. But if he's going to play like this in the majors, it's he may just call it a career, sadly. And that stinks. Anyways... A guy by the name of Mito Piera. He was the leader uh, going into the final round by three strokes. He was nine under. <laughs> he just had a collapse. Like I was telling you, uh, if you guys didn't, if you guys didn't watch, he was one up to go into eighteen. He was six under, and Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris were five under. So all we needed to do was par, even bogey to get into a playoff and. He absolutely rockets one into the water, ends up chips over the green, uh, and ends up and gets a double and doesn't even get into the playoff, shoots uh, four under and gets third. So he was going to become the first guy ever uh, born from Chile to be a major champion. 
and the eventual winner was Justin Thomas. And starting the day, Justin Thomas was eight strokes back, and he had a 2% chance to win, and he ended up and won his second PGA title. So like I was telling you, I've seen some, some collapses in PGA Tour in the majors and other tournaments, but today was it was super upsetting to watch this guy just pee down his leg. Yeah, going back to Tiger, I mean, he just looked old, played like yeah. an old man. Body doesn't have the juice to play four hard rounds of competitive golf anymore. First and couple rounds looked great, and then he could just see his body deteriorate. Just, I I know a lot of people on Twitter are upset because I don't know if you saw John Daly plays in the PGA and he's getting to drive around in a golf cart, so he's not even walking the course. And they're like, "Why does this overweight man just get a pass to not walk the course?" And Tiger. Yes, he is in great shape, but the dude nearly had to amputate his leg off because it was had that bad of a wreck. So it's not like he's having that big of a... It, it doesn't help him that much to ride the cart. It was bad. There was a video on Twitter of him walking down to go get a ball in the sand, and he, his leg like just kind of gave out, and it was it was awful to watch. Like It, it looked bad, but it's just like he he's older, his body, he's in great health for his age, um, but that wreck in his leg, and it, it can't last four rounds of golf, really. Uh, and that's why he's just playing in the majors, but man, oh man, to shoot 79, nine over, and do it at a major championship like this. But he still made the cut. So, I mean, that's all, that's all us golf fans want to see is him just make the cut and play. They don't even care if he wins, honestly. That that would just be a cherry on top if he would win, but they don't even care about that. I want John want Daly to, to win, to be honest. He was uh, two under in the first round, John Daly. Mm-hmm. wanted him to win. He had 21 darts, and he had uh, 12 Diet Cokes and yeah. six bags of M&Ms. And then yeah. he shot two over and went to the casino. And yeah, he's living life. He's, He's peak male performance. That's what you want out of a golfer. And then Maybe I should start just... doing that. And that's why he gets right in the cart, man. I guess Tar- Tiger needs to start smoking 21 cigs before and drinking 12 Diet Cokes and see if that'll help him out. Yeah, that'll probably help his golf game out a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Loosen him up a little bit. But, yeah, it was it was upsetting to watch Mito uh, just collapse, and it was upsetting to watch Tiger just not play very well. And... This course that they played, um, very, very hard. If you don't hit in the fairway, you're basically might as well just write a bogey on your scorecard. Um, it very hard. The conditions were tough. At 25 mile per hour winds. There was rain, so I mean, it, the conditions weren't great. And any tournament that the winner is five under par, you know that course is hard because these guys are the greatest golfers in the world. But congrats to Justin Thomas at a two percent chance to win and. Uh, he did end up and win his second PGA title in a playoff against Will Zalatoris. So, congrats to him. Sad for Tiger. Sad day. Yeah, it's going to be a sad day when he decides to hang him up. Yeah. And sadly, I think it's going to be sooner than later here. Like I was saying, if he's going to play this bad in a major and not be able to play four four days, it's he may just hang it up. That wraps it up. That wraps up episode five. Uh, pretty good one for you with the Nick Saban, um, his big babyish comments, NBA and MLB, and then the collapse with Tiger. Thanks for listening to episode five, Ligma from Zach. 
Thanks for listening to episode five. Hope you listen next time. Peace out, guys.